Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hello, I'm Marwan Sabah, Professor of Neurology at the Barrow Neurological Institute. This is a case as a report or a case series we're going to discuss disparities and inequities in the diagnosis and care of vulnerable patient populations. So today we're going to talk about a Latinx man. He's, just, uh, a, uh, he's trying to navigate the healthcare system. He is a 66-year-old right-handed Latinx man with nine years of formal education who comes, uh, who's complaining of memory issues for the past six months. He reports that he had changes starting with COVID-19 and describes them as having brain fog. He is now forgetting conversations, trouble tracking events, or appointments. He is uh, coming in with his daughter who accompanies because he does not speak English. His uh, functional assessment staging scale is three. He works in landscaping. He has been independent. Uh, he denies uh, depression and anxiety. He's had some other concomitant medications and medical conditions. He does complain of uh, migraines, low back pain, difficulty sleeping, and nocturia. Uh, they do not, uh, his cognitive symptoms are neither improving nor are they progressing. His uh, medical history is significant for migraine, lumbago, obstructive sleep apnea. He is not using a CPAP machine, type 2 diabetes, and hyperlipidemia. He has a laminectomy. His medications include nortriptyline, baclofen, oxybutynin, metformin, and atorvastatin. And he has a mother who has had Alzheimer's type dementia and starting in her late 50, uh, 60s, dying, uh, passing at age 72. His review system is significant for daytime somnolence and fatigue. And of course, remember, he has uh, this is a mocha translated into Spanish. And his mocha comes in at 14 out of 30. Uh, his, the rest of his physical and neurological exam are normal. So our first impression is that we need to come up with a, uh, a diagnosis. Is it normal, mild cognitive impairment, uh, dementia, or other? And so in this case, I might go with cognitive disorder, not otherwise specified, because it doesn't fit the typical progressive amnestic form of a mild cognitive impairment. He's not fully impaired, so it's not dementia. So uh, also, you would consider the alternative to cognitive disorder NOS, which would be mild neurocognitive disorder, which is a DSM-5 criteria. And the way you know that DSM-5 uses mild neurocognitive disorder is that basically they have one domain as impairment. You do not need to have two domains. The technical definition of mild cognitive impairment is a report of a memory complaint corroborated by his uh, informant, objectively demonstrated without functional impairment. So kind of, sort of, this might be mild cognitive impairment, but it's not clearly identified. Uh, and so the patient continues to be independent. So what would we do next? What would be our next steps? Can So uh, take a second to think about this. Would we just wait and see? Will we stop offending medications? Understand he is on three medications that affect memory, nortriptyline, baclofen, oxybutynin. Would you send to a sleep specialist to get the sleep apnea treated? Would you order neuropsych testing? Would you get some labs and MRI? Or would you do all of the above? And the answer, in my opinion, is do all of them except for the wait and see. So I would stop the nortriptyline, stop the baclofen, stop the oxybutynin, get the sleep under control, order the neuropsych testing, order the labs, order the MRI. Now, here's the problem. The patient is uh, in, the system, he's in, uh, in the system. He has 
Medicaid, uh, and therefore the Medicaid gives me very, very limited options. Second thing we face is, of course, is that his English is not his first language. So I uh, will tell you that I ordered a sleep specialist, and they're like, we don't take the patient's insurance. Uh, so that was not available. They are not going to allow me to get a sleep st- a poly 16 lead polysomnogram. Uh, neuropsych testing, uh, it turns out that in our, where I work, you know, the number of neuropsychologists who speak Spanish fluently enough to give neuropsych testing is very, very limited down to one that I know of. And uh, of course, we did the B12 MRI, uh, B12 TSH MRI, and he has minimal white matter change in windmill atrophy on his MRI. So here we are. He feels a little bit less fatigued on off of his meds. He's thinking more clearly. His brain fog has improved. However, he continues to be forgetful. He got lost to a landscaping job he's been working for years on. His other uh, workers are teasing him because he's repeating himself. His mocha has not improved despite the meds, and it continues to be a 14 out of 30 in Spanish. You are able to order a home sleep study because Medicare will not pay for a 16-lead polysomnogram. Here's where you start to see challenges in the system, right? The family can, is concerned that he'll be laid off because he's more forgetful of work. He is not completing tasks at his job. Uh, you uh, discuss social security disability with him. This home sleep study reveals that he does have obstructive sleep apnea, uh, and which is considered to be mild without the need for CPAP. Given the family history, what would you do next? Would you get an APOE genotyping? which is not covered for under a CNS code. Would you send him for uh, a uh, CSF testing? May or may not be covered under, uh, would you order amyloid PET? Would you order, uh, give him an empiric trial of Dinepazil? As I said to you, neuropsych testing is limited. Very, very few neuropsychologists can do a, a, a translation into Spanish. Let me just kind of walk you through where I would be. Number one is um, we actually would consider doing amyloid PET under the new IDEAS program. It's a Medicare demonstration grant that allows us to order amyloid PET. Uh, we would, or we would get prior authorization to send them for CSF testing uh, uh, for the lumbar puncture, but that's a binary test. So amyloid PET and CSF testing is either you have Alzheimer's change or you don't. It would not, uh, it would not uh, tell me anything else. And so the and so the question are you know could this patient have his differential diagnosis? So let's talk about differential diagnosis: brain fog related to residual effects of COVID, polypharmacy, prodromal Alzheimer's, uh, and uh, and mood disorder. Well, though that is unlikely. We talked about the fact that we got him off the meds. His cognitive, uh, his subjective complaints improved. Uh, we talked about the fact that he has sleep apnea, but it's minimal and therefore is not considered significant to his uh, his general health or his cognitive complaints. So that means that prodromal Alzheimer's is still on the list, and we would need to explore that further. Given the fact that you do not have neuropsych testing available because of the Spanish language barrier, how would you go about addressing it next? We already know it's not a B12 deficiency. We know it's not a uh, stroke tumor, hydrocephalus. We know it's not a uh, uh, thyroid disorder. Therefore, we have to figure an objective way to determine in the differential if there's an Alzheimer, prodromal Alzheimer process. And that's why you would consider CSF testing or amyloid PET. The fundamental question is, is that when you start to think about the new era of monoclonal antibodies, 
how are you going to test patients? How are you going to evaluate patients uh, for drugs like Lakembi, uh in when they have challenges like these? And that is the take-home message here is that they're broad differential. You have to identify all the possibilities of what could be contributing to this and figure out a way to uh, differentiate uh, things like COVID residua from sleep apnea from prodromal Alzheimer's. I hope this was informative to you. Uh, thank you. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME LLC, and is part of our Minute CE curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.